The Graphic Histories Podcast. Welcome to the Graphic Histories Podcast. My name is Andre Mayette, and as always, I'm your host. Big thanks to Ugla the Mock for our theme song, Superpowers. And thank you for tuning in once again to, uh, to this, this thing, this, this podcast, this amazing, stupendous, wonderful creation of mine. So, how are you? How's life? How are things? How is that? Uh, is your job good? Is uh, you know, whatever you're working on right now, is that going well? Uh, just want to thank everybody once again for tuning into this. I know it's been a long journey, and it's ever longer, and I'm really happy that you are enjoying it. I've heard a lot of great feedback. I hope to hear more. Please, please send me messages. Let me know how things are going. Tell me if you're enjoying the show. What you like? What you don't like? What you want to see? Who you want to see featured? What? Uh, comic artists or illustrators you'd like to see uh, interviewed in the show as well. I would love to hear those suggestions and have them on. So in the comic book world, big announcement this week, uh, the Invincible comic book written by Robert Kirkman, creator of The Walking Dead, his superhero comic, which was actually a really cool, subversive sort of take on superheroes, um, very adult sort of interesting you know, journey through through that has done some really cool. It's a fun comic anyway, and it's being made into a animated series. And um, oh man, the the cast that has been announced for this is nuts, just nuts. We have uh, um, Zachary Quinto, of course, he's uh, Siler from Heroes and and Spock from the new Star Trek movies. We have Stephen Yun, who played Glenn on Walking Dead, doing the voice of of Invincible himself. Uh, Carrie Payton, also from Walking Dead. We also have uh, Zazie Beetz, uh, Christy, oh, I can't ever pronounce this guy's name, Christy Amantinopoulos, uh, Walter Goggins, Greg Giffen, Kevin Michael Richardson, Mark Hamill, Jillian Jacobs from Community, Jason Manzukis from Brooklyn Nine-Nine, uh, Seth Rogen. It's just a really cool group of character of uh, actors. Uh, Sandra Oh, Mae Whitman. Uh, su- stupendous voice cast, um, stupendous acting cast. But uh, they knocked it out of the park with the um, with the, the casting on this, and I'm very excited to see where it's going to go. So uh, this edition of the Graphic Industries Podcast is featuring the U.S. agent, also known as John Walker, who is going to be featured in the upcoming Falcon and Winter Soldier series on Disney+. Plus. Uh, Walker was going to be played by Wyatt Russell, the son of Kurt Russell, who has already made his sort of entry into the Marvel Universe, playing Ego the Living Planet in Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2. Very cool he's coming in. He's a neat actor. I've seen him in a lot of cool roles. He was great in the movie Overlord, if you haven't seen it yet. Uh, I highly suggest it. He's also in a cool episode of Black Mirror, which I really liked. So I'm curious to see where they're going to go with it. I'd like to see what's going to happen, and I wanted to kind of feature him 
on this episode so you get his comic book history before you watch that series and see just how he's played into the mythos of Captain America and some of the other characters, including the Falcon, actually. So uh, how that's going to play into where the series goes, who knows? But another thing about the series that I find very interesting and is very cool is Daniel Bruhl is returning. He played Helmut Zemo in the Age of Ultron. No, sorry. I get that confused because his origin is tied to the Age of Ultron in the films. But he appeared in Captain America Civil War. He was the, um, the beleaguered, uh, mourning soldier that uh, sort of orchestrated the Civil War to make the heroes tear each other apart, uh, kill Cat or Black Panther's father, etc. Spoiler alert, I'm pretty sure you've probably watched some of those movies or all of them by now, if you're listening to this anyway. Uh... So, cool that they're bringing him back in. Uh, Helmut Zemo himself has been a long-standing villain in the Marvel Universe and will definitely be featured in a future episode. But uh, And it looks like they're giving him his classic costume with the purple mask, in the, which is really cool. So, in the, the teaser trailer that Disney Plus and Marvel revealed a few months ago, they show him wearing that mask, which is super neat, very cool. And uh, I really like that Marvel is kind of going back to the well and really rewarding the, the people that have been paying attention and watching all the films by bringing back these these characters and integrating them in into the world. It makes it feel more like comic books when villains return, instead of just showing up, being the center focus of the movie, and then getting killed by the end. So uh, I'm looking at you, Abomination. I know you're still out there. I want to see you come back, too. And I know a She-Hulk series is in the mix, so maybe that'll happen then. I just like Tim Roth. I like to see more of him, even though he's a giant CGI version of Tim Roth. He's still Tim Roth. So... Without much further ado, I suppose we will go right into this week's episode. I am going on vacation in a little bit. However, I do believe there will be no interruption in the podcast. I will be setting them to post while I'm away. And uh, yeah, so there should there should be no break in your routine if this has become part of your routine. And if it has been become part of your routine, thank you. It's much appreciated. And uh, please help spread the word. I'm thinking about some Graphic Histories merch, maybe a t-shirt, something like that with the logo. I kind of want to get one done to kind of send to guests as a thank you for being on the show. And I thought it'd be nice to have a few done for the general public. So if that's something that interests you, let me know. But anyway, without much further ado, here is the Graphic History of John Walker, a.k.a. the Super Patriot, a.k.a. the U.S. Agent, and a.k.a. Captain America. Michael Walker was an American patriot who died tragically fighting in the Vietnam War. But this tale isn't about a fallen soldier. It's about John Walker, who idolized his brother and wanted to fight for his country, just like his hero. Growing up and entering military service, John was bothered by a continuous feeling that he couldn't measure up to the memory of his kin. Deciding to follow a different route, he signed up for the Power Broker Process, a program run by Dr. Carl Malice, a madman who uses genetic genius to augment normal people into superhumans, providing they could afford it. After surviving the procedure, Walker joined Unlimited Class Wrestling, a sports promotion only open to those with abilities beyond the scope of a normal human. While under their employee, his manager convinced him to try out for superheroics instead. Adopting the name the Super Patriot and pledging to defend the true ideals of America, it wasn't long before he would butt heads with Steve Rogers, also known as Captain America. 
Walker believed that Rogers was too soft on the criminal element, and that America should always come first beyond international needs. Using some associates from his former wrestling association, he would stage public attacks to further diminish the leader of the Avengers. After a battle involving Captain America, Walker would kill a terrorist named Warhead, who was attempting to detonate a nuclear device in Washington, D.C. Soon after, disillusioned with his country due to the meddling of the Red Skull within the Commission of Superhuman Activities, Steve Rogers would resign the mantle of Captain America. All too eager to accept, John Walker took the role and was dubbed the new Star-Spangled Avenger. One of his associates, who had earlier helped him in marring the public image of Steve Rogers, would join him, becoming his sidekick, now known as Battlestar. His other two accomplices, angry at being left behind, would become villains known as the Left Ringer and the Right Winger, respectively. They would go on to reveal John Walker's identity to the world in an attempt to embarrass their former friend, which resulted in the death of Walker's parents, who were targeted by a terrorist group known as the Watchdogs. Overcome with rage, John would kill most of the Watchdogs and dispatched his former friends, the right and left winger, in an explosion leaving them horribly burnt and in deep comas. Eventually, Steve Rogers would return in his new identity as the Captain and Battle Walker. The two would put aside their differences to uncover the Red Skull's plot within the Commission. After all, the information came to the public eye, it was deemed that Walker was undeserving of the prestigious mantle, and Rogers would once again become Captain America. With his identity public, the Reformed Commission would fake his death and repackage him as the U.S. agent, garbing him in a similar uniform to Captain America's, but altered to provide his own unique identity. He would go on to battle the Iron Monger and join the West Coast Avengers. He would later rescue his former partner Battlestar from the Power Broker and repair their broken friendship. Eventually, the West Coast Avengers would dissolve, and Walker would attempt to retire from superheroics. That was, of course, until Tony Stark would form a new supergroup known as Force Works and attempt to recruit a reluctant U.S. agent. The Scarlet Witch would be the deciding factor, convincing her former partner to join, believing him to be the backbone of their former group. Sporting an altered costume and energy shield, John would remain with the team through battles with the Kree, the Scatter, Ember, the Black Brigade, the Mandarin, Orphan, the Targoth, Volhov the Eternal One, Excel, the Broker, and an alternate reality version of their deceased teammate, Wonder Man, and Forceworks' own security system. His connection to the Commission would bring him into conflict with his teammates, and the result would be him cutting ties with the government agency. He eventually became the field leader of the Jury, a group of armored corporate vigilantes. In his new role, U.S. agent would again wear his original uniform, but now wield an eagle-shaped shield that could be directed in midair via remote control. The jury's job was to take down the Thunderbolts, a group of former villains attempting to disguise themselves as heroes, but they were defeated by the team and their new leader, Hawkeye. The jury would make a second attempt, but instead, the two groups would join forces together against brute force and the soldiers of the Secret Empire. Walker would later encounter Protocide, a reject from the Super Soldier program that produced Steve Rogers, who was given an early version of the serum that created Captain America. In a heated battle, Walker would be beaten to near death and be aligned with an exoskeleton to keep him alive and further enhance his abilities. After his recovery, Walker would become the leader of STARS, or the Superhuman Tactical Activities Response Squad, if you're not into the whole brevity thing. As head of the government-backed organization, John would work with the Avengers to stop the Kree and Ronan the Accuser. 
Wishing to thank the U.S. agent for his assistance, Walker would rebuke the Avengers, accusing them of not doing enough to keep alien threats away from Earth. After leaving Stars, Walker would join the New Invaders, acting as its leader, a role Steve Rogers portrayed during the group's inception back during, in World War II. He in fact demanded to be called Captain America. Those invaders who knew the real Captain America refused to do so, even though Walker claimed that today's world requires a tougher symbol of America to battle terrorism. Alongside the invaders, he battled Axis Mundi and other international threats. But when the original Human Torch, Jim Hammond, was killed, most of the team would disband. The superhero community was eventually split as the government enacted the Superhuman Registration Act, demanding all superpowered people register their identities with the U.S. authority. John was in favor of this initiative and acted as a liaison to the Canadian super team known as Omega Flight. Under his leadership, the group would stop superpowered heroes and villains wishing to flee the U.S. into the Great White North. There they encountered the Wrecking Crew and various other villains. While acting as their commander, he would also help train Michael Pointer, the man who would become the new Guardian in the Canadian team. After returning stateside, Walker would again call himself an Avenger after being recruited by Loki, disguised as the Scarlet Witch. During this tenure, he would be sent into battle against Norman Osborn's secret team of Dark Avengers. Osborn had convinced the world he had turned to the side of good and shed his Green Goblin persona, all the while losing his sanity and reverting to his evil ways, and attempting to control the government and therefore the country. While battling this group, Walker would lose an arm and leg in battle against Nuke. With his injury retiring him from duty, he would only use modern prosthetics, foregoing cybernetic enhancements, to preserve his humanity. He would accept the position of warden of a super-criminal prison known as the Raft. During a transport of the Dark Avengers to another facility, the convoy would be transported to an alternate dimension version of New York City that was divided into various territories by deranged superheroes. During this incursion, Walker would be bonded with an alien symbiote that would spark regenerative abilities and return his missing limbs. Whole once again, Walker and the Thunderbolts would defeat the AIM agents who created their current location and return to their home reality. John would later join another incarnation of the Avengers to attempt to stop the Scarlet Witch from destroying Doctor Doom as she seeks vengeance against the Latvarian dictator. Feeling the call to serve his country again, Walker re would rejoin the U.S. military, being sent overseas to disband terrorist cells. He would be called back by various titans of industry and corrupt senators who would task him to retrieve Captain America's shield from Sam Wilson, the man formerly known as the Falcon, who was at present acting as Captain America after Steve Rogers returned to old age and passed on the mantle to his close friend. Showing Walker footage and claiming Wilson was unworthy of the role, they sent the U.S. agent once again into battle. While personally disagreeing on Wilson's political views and disapproving on how they influence his actions as Captain America, Walker refused to confront Sam. However, they were interrupted by Steve Rogers, who asked to talk to John privately. Steve told John that the pressure of the job was causing Sam to go out of control, as it did to John, and asked him to confront him personally. Walker then went to the scene of the fight and ordered Sam to hand over Cap's shield. Sam refused, and the two began to struggle with Walker's much greater physical strength giving him an early advantage. Sam managed to turn the fight around by forcing Walker into a dark tunnel and using his powers to commune with avians to receive aid from owls that lived in that tunnel. Defeating John and leaving him unconscious, unknown to anyone involved, Roger's history had been altered by the Cosmic Cube to make him an agent of Hydra from the start. 
and as the recent villain, he had engineered the whole conflict. The following week, it was reported that John went missing on a mission in Syria. He would resurface later on, however, as one of the countless heroes fighting Hydra's forces in Washington, D.C., following their takeover of the United States. And eventually, the heroes would win and return things to normal. Off to a rocky start, the years have molded John Walker from a headstrong fanatic to a stable and productive hero, saving many in the Marvel Universe from a variety of threats. The future may not be clear, but if America calls out for help, it can be assured the U.S. agent will be there to answer. There you have it, John Walker, the man also known as Captain America, also known as U.S. Agent, also known as Super Patriot, and a bevy of other things. Very happy to have finally brought his story to this podcast. Hope you enjoyed it. Hope it gives you some insight into what they may do with the character in the Disney Plus series. And uh, also, you know, sometimes see knowing the history will give you the parallels of what they're going to do. So you can be kind of surprised, interested when they throw you for loops, but also see how they pay homage to some of these characters and some of their rich history on the printed page. Uh, next week, we have another one of our interview formats, which I just love. I absolutely love them. Ed Brisson, Andrew Clark, Brenda Hickey, all who have been on the show before. It has been a lot of fun. I just love talking comics, talking creating comics, talking creating art. It just makes me very happy. And I hope you enjoy listening to them as much as I enjoy doing them because I really, really, really enjoy doing them. So next week I will have on uh, Mike Ruth, who is a comic book illustrator, a, a pinup artist, a cover artist. He does a lot of commission work, some amazing commission work. He's been doing some work on this new uh, Turtle series coming out, The Last Ronin. It's a mini series in which uh, three of the Ninja Turtles are murdered. One survives and takes all their weapons and kind of goes on a vengeance mission. But it's very vague as to what turtle that is because he carries the weapons of all of his brothers, his deceased brothers. Mike has done some cool work for that. He also done a, a bevy of uh, sketch covers for Jenica, the spinoff from the Turtles, I believe is the one-shot issue, sort of, or maybe a miniseries, who is the new female turtle that was introduced in the comic as well. So Mike does some amazing work. He also has a creator-owned book he's doing the art on that has just been kickstarted or is about to be kickstarted uh, called Dodge, which is really cool. I provided some art for that as well, just as a fun little project at Halcon one year when we were sitting near each other and just having a lot of fun. And he was explaining his book to me and looking for artists to do some art based on the concept. And I had a really good time doing that. So I, uh, Mike's a big fan of wrestling as well, which I am too. So... Uh, we always have a really great long conversations. In fact, when I mentioned to Brenda that I was going to be talking to Mike probably fairly soon, she told me that one of her favorite parts of us hanging out is just sitting around and talking, and she really loved when I first met Mike because it was fun to watch how excited we were to talk to each other about wrestling and comics and everything in between. So I hope some of that fun, which I'm sure it will, will, will translate into the podcast because Mike's a great guy, very cool, uh, amazingly talented artist, and... Just an all-around cool guy. If you can hear that weird noise, that is my cat scratching my carpet. Lebowski, what are you doing? Don't be scratching the carpet. I told you this many a time. Many a time, you've been told. Yes, my cat is named Lebowski. I have three others as well. They are Presley, Sheba, and Klaatu. 
Uh, Presley's the only one I didn't name, as you can tell by how weird the other names are. <laughs> I enjoy naming animals in fun ways. So, thank you very much for tuning in. Next week is our interview format. We'll be here with the unconscionable and amazingly talented Mike Ruth. And I will see you then. In the meantime, stay safe, stay happy, and stay graphic.